0: all right everyone welcome to the first ever live from the blue seats twitter space i am your host As I always am on The Normal Podcast by Dave and Becky, they are co-hosts of This With Me. This is our first time doing it, so we might be feeling our way through the process a little bit, but we're really uh, excited to to be talking to everybody here in the aftermath of the uh, Rangers trade deadline, obviously the NHL trade deadline, which passed uh, at 3 p.m. this afternoon. Rangers making three major additions, obviously, after adding Frank Petrano uh, before, obviously, uh, about a week ago before the deadline came up. So uh, I first wanted to uh, welcome in Dave. And Becky, Dave, how you doing?
1: Uh, like a blind man out
0: a urinal, we're going to have to feel our way through this.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty I classic. realize that like half of our listeners may not get that reference because Leslie Nielsen, you know, died, what, like 10 years ago at oh, this let's, point?
3: Let's not start. This is a depressing one. Come on.
1: I'm Those just negative. saying that's one of the greatest <laughs> lines. He was he was brilliant. All
3: he right, was he was. Naked Gun movies
0: were fantastic. He was.
3: Can we do uh, like a raise of hands? Like how many people have seen like Airplane or Naked Gun or anything? Or is that do I not want to know? Do I not want to know?
1: You're no, just going to get sad real fast, Becky.
3: Yeah, I know. She <laughs> is waving, so that's that's a plus. I'm feeling good about that.
1: That's one.
3: Listen. Listen, listen. we'll take what we can get tonight oh
1: we got two we got two Matt is number two and I'm noticing that Russ is definitely not raising his hand or anything and Russ
0: (laughs) I am exceptionally disappointed in you right now (laughs) some people have to catch up on their classic uh slapstick comedies um so I wanted to kick this off first because we haven't actually had really had a chance to talk about Frank Vitrano. So obviously the Rangers add Andrew Kopp, Tyler Mott and Justin Braun today in separate deals, the Kopp trade being the biggest of the three. Uh, they also made a minor move with Anthony Batetto being shipped off to San Jose for a, pro- a first round pick uh, from a few years ago. He's a forward named Nick Merkley. Um, had some good AHL numbers I saw and had three points in nine NHL games this year. But um, in terms of, I-, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on Petrano firstly. So um, Dave, what have, what, have, what have you seen from him and, and what did you think of that as kind of the opening salvo from Drury at this deadline?
1: So I only watched one game with him. It was the NCAA tournament right after. So I was a little bit in dis- uh, predisposed with other things, but from the one game, which was the sl- win last night, he is a fast skater. He is in on the forecheck, he backchecks. He's a shoot-first guy, that we know. And he fits the style that Galant wants to play. So as a guy who's likely going to be on the third line once Kako gets healthy, you're spending a fourth-round pick on a guy that has put up 20-goal pace for the last three years, except for this year because he's going to move down the lineup. Uh, I, you can't ask for a better bargain than that. you got to give Drury credit where credit is due, and
0: he he really nailed that one. Becky, what are your initial thoughts on Frank Petrano?
3: I like him. I think we, we might have – well, maybe we didn't have a conversation. Yeah, you're right, but I think that he's – he's good for the team because he kind of makes people stop having to play these other roles that they otherwise shouldn't be slotted. And, you know, now you have someone who really like solidifies what's going on in the bottom six. He hustle. I, I like, I mean, I know hustle per 60, whatever, but he was so fast on that empty net goal. Like so fast last night. I was like, yeah. damn son, like you are like moving and grooving. And it's the end of, it's the very end of a back-to-back and they played, what, 8 p.m. on Saturday night and then they played on 6 p.m. last night and they had to travel. They got into Carolina at 2 in the morning and he was just like, yeah, it's what you do. It's okay. It's not a big deal. No, I was just like, I don't know. I'm pretty impressed. I don't, you know, we didn't, we traded for him and I wasn't like, it wasn't the big name that you were hoping to get and I know a bunch of us were hoping to get even like, not that I get Kessel or Raquel or others, but um just I think that he has some real value add i I, I think that if I don't even think that's like a positive spin on it, I think there's really just value add there so I'm, I'm pleased so far well,
0: yeah, and that's kind of to me the theme of this deadline is that they didn't go out and get any big names. you know, there's nobody that came in that you know even say a a casual fan then you know they might recognize the name right these are these are all guys who have essentially been role players on pretty good teams before whether that's Justin Braun back in his San Jose days um, whether that's you know Andrew Cott more recently on some some okay Winnipeg teams um, and he's been really kind of their Swiss army knife uh, type player kind of like I don't know if it's a totally accurate comparison but the way the Rangers have used Barkley Goodrow on all four lines this year. I think that's kind of how cop has been deployed uh, with Winnipeg, but he's got a lot more ability and scoring punch. He's also happens to be a, a really good penalty killer. I think Justin Braun kills penalties too. These, these are the types of things that, you know, there's a lot of fans out there. We're, we're, we're all familiar with them that, you know, are going to post, post the charts when these moves are made. And, and those mostly focus on, or we traditionally have focused on the five on five numbers. We know those are the most important, but, the value add of penalty killing. uh, One of the things I I kind of thought right uh, when they acquired Braun was, can they slot him in on the penalty kill and save Adam Fox from Having to play three, four, five, depending on how many minors Ryan Strom decides to take in that game uh, in the offensive uh, zone. Just call him Benoit
3: Pouliot. Like seriously, can, what are we know, doing here?
0: Can you save Adam Fox three minutes in a playoff series, a game, uh, have, from having to kill penalties? Or maybe he only takes one shift towards the end of a PK rather than start the PK with Lindgren and get stuck out there for a minute and a half, and then he's drained for you know the rest of the period or whatever i think it's it's stuff like that 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 gms evaluate um and i think that that ultimately will pay dividends so let's move on to that one let's kind of do them in order because because you know this this afternoon it kind of went Braun, mott and then cop and, and obviously the cop details rolled in very late and the rangers gave up the most to acquire him but uh quick thoughts uh from you dave on on justin Braun.
1: Anything that puts another body between Leibor Hayek and the lineup, I'll take. Braun plays the left side, so in theory, I should say he can play the left side. He didn't in Philly, but in San Jose he did. So he can play the left side. That should put another body between Patrick Nemeth and the lineup. It's what you need. Defense first. You don't need somebody who's going to be flashy, somebody who stabilizes. Braden Schneider who can spell him on the right side if he needs a break, somebody who can just rotate in with Nemeth as needed. And again, the Rangers flexed their cap space muscle. They didn't need to take on any salary. And I was a little bit surprised it was a third-round pick. But looking at what Britt Kulak got, who was the guy I wanted, I'll gladly take Justin Braun for a third-rounder.
0: Yeah, and and even, I mean, look at the haul for Ben Chirot, and I, I think you can maybe argue that Braun will provide you roughly what Chirot could, especially with deployment, right? Chirot never made any sense because I think he, he's a guy who, if you're acquiring him, he's probably going to play bigger minutes or, you know, sort of top four as opposed to bottom pair minutes. There's no doubt that Braun's going to play on the third pair here. I mean, the, you know, for all of uh, our great friend, you know, Rob Luker's um, theorizing and uh, and trying to, to, you know, convince – not just the fan base, but maybe the coaching staff to, to try something out with the pairs. I think after, you know, 63 games, we can be relatively certain that the top four is going to be Fox Lindgren, Miller Truba. And so that means Braun slots in there on your third pair. And exactly. He's either in there for when Schneider gets a little bit overwhelmed at the NHL level, which happens, or he's going to play instead of Nemeth. And he's, he's maybe an upgrade. I mean, Nemeth has been a little bit better lately, but um, has that signing has not panned out so far. So um in terms of Tyler Mott, Becky, I wanted to go to you on that one. So Mott comes over from Vancouver. He is kind of a, uh, what I know of him, you know, he's just kind of a really solid fourth line player, but I think he also fits the personality personality and the characteristics of this Ranger team. But what, so what's your take on, on Tyler Mott?
3: So I think, um, listen, like candidly, I need to do, a little bit more research saw this happen at the end of the day. And, you know, it is literally a reaction show. But um, what I've read on Twitter about just his takes on mental health, I think it's so important. Um, Listen, like politics aside, and I really would never even want to dive into that. Like I don't want to sit here and analyze like who every single player on my team voted for. But I do think that there are certain – uh, personality traits that are really important my voice keeps cracking apparently I'm going through puberty today I was about to say welcome to puberty <laughs> Becky is <laughs> the second time um no but you know he's been um forthright out outright about his um that he has struggled with and been diagnosed with depression and anxiety and I think that forgetting about like professional athlete stigma there's just stigma in general about those things and people don't like representation matters I say this all the time about a lot of different things but representation is so important because you never know if other people on the team are struggling with the same thing and seeing that he's been out there and said listen I'm a professional hockey player I struggle with depression and anxiety I've been using x y and z resources and they've been helping me um it's a mark of strength. And it also means that someone else who may be struggling silently can now go up to him and say, listen, I've been feeling a certain way. Can you please help me? Like, what was your first step? What are the resources? It just is a person. And and I would go out and guess that he's a pretty empathetic person. And I think that we're kind of seeing that there's that, hopefully that shift from Georgiev punching someone in the face to you know, we talk about the vibes and the friendship per 16, like most of the time it's a joke, but it's not, you know, it's, it's important that they actually like each other. And I just get the feeling that you have someone who has that kind of personality. It's a little bit better than, I don't know, say like a Domi or something coming in. Right. Um, yeah. I,
1: and Matt in, in Vancouver was one of those glue guys. Uh, I know that the broadcast pod, when he was traded, they were very upset he was traded and they know their shit so yeah
0: yeah we, we got
1: a good we, guy we got a good player i mean i'll it's a win
0: yeah well and i think just oh sorry becky go ahead
3: well i was gonna say i mean like i've always been a big like supporter like if you see my feed, if you follow me and like in january on bella's talk day like i'm always trying to be vocal and i feel like some of the criticism is that it's one day out of 365 that people really focus on it. And I get the feeling from some of the stuff that I've read today on Mott that um, he's a 365 days of the year, like real advocate for mental health. And I think that again, in a professional sport, it's, and like a professional sport where your brain's getting like scrambled. I mean, it's, it's a pretty rough <laughs> From time to time. This yeah, is your brain
1: on drugs. <laughs>
3: yeah. This is your brain. Like after taking a freaking boarding to the head, you know, like it's a boarding to the head. I'm really not on today, but, um, but I just, I think it's a great look. You want to trade for assets that are going to help you win and you want to look at the charts and you want to understand the, the points, et cetera. But this is one of those intangibles that I'm glad that they considered. And I also hope that it Drury is considering these intangibles as well.
0: Well, I was going to say, I think it's pretty clear, frankly, that he's focused on the room and, uh, and the dynamic in, in, you know, among the players in the locker room. And I actually feel very stupid now having tried to sell everybody on the Max Domi idea because of that. And I think it's become (laughs) clear that no matter who you look at since uh, Chris Drury took this team over by, you know, very, very crazy circumstances uh, a little less than 10 months ago, he's pretty much brought in nothing but high character guys. I mean, if you just look across the board, uh, there hasn't even really been a question about the guys that have been brought into the locker room now, whether it's, you know, like, like we know about some of the, the, Kind of, you know, uh, whether it's like what Becky just talked about with, you know, Tyler Mott and, and mental health, but even just, you know, the, the sort of camaraderie stuff that, you know, now the team's sort of leaning into a little bit with whether it's Mika and, and uh, Kreider or whether it's the picture of all four defensemen with the, you know, wearing the uh, the Broadway hat after the Tampa game. You know, there's just it's very clear. And, and I think Drury actually alluded to it in his press conference today that that that's important now there is a certain point at which you have to marry on ice talent and can this team actually do something and win uh, versus uh, or, or marry it with the dynamic. There've been plenty of teams that have achieved great things, won championships, and then the stories come out that they were all lunatics and absolutely despise each other. So that is certainly not a requirement for winning a championship, but the, it helps. And I think what what, what what the reason it helps is the Rangers are going to get in some sort of situation, probably not before the end of the regular season, but probably in the playoffs where they're down and things are looking really bad. You know, no team, no matter how good, I mean, maybe if you go back to some of the Canadians of the 70s or something that my dad always loves talking about, no team skates through a two-month 16, you know, or, or I should say, you know, up to a 28 games worth of playoffs and doesn't have any adversity, doesn't have to go, come back from 2-1 down or 3-1 down or even at times 3-0 down. Um, and when you have the right mix in the locker room, it's much easier to sort of band together and get through that. We saw that with the Rangers in 2014 and 15. We saw it with the team in 94 even. So I think Drury paid very close attention to that with these acquisitions. Um, all right. So now let's get to Andrew Kopp. So Cop is the is the big one. Cop's the biggest name. He cost the most. Uh, somebody maybe check, Dave, you can check me on these details, but it was, two draft picks, um, or was it three draft picks, and uh, obviously more Three draft Aaron, picks. Who, yep, right. Three draft and picks. One, one is a conditional that... second that could become a first. These uh, conditional picks
1: days. need to fucking stop, by the way. I can't... I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on this, so if we get reported, this is 100% my fault. These okay. conditional picks have to fucking stop. <laughs> so, it's a second, but it becomes a first if the Rangers win eight games, basically. And then the other one is Winnipeg's choice. Just like... Guys, this you are telling me that because the Rangers win eight games now all of a sudden the the pick moves up 30 slots. That, that's just silly. But that's just me getting on my soapbox. I hate these fucking conditions.
0: Um yeah, I mean well it I mean it's a pretty it it's pretty telling that um you know the value it, it shows you the value isn't really set in stone for these players. You know, you like to look at comparables and you try to look at some of that stuff, but Winnipeg was basically like, well, we could do a first and a second or two seconds. And I, look, if the Rangers, maybe we don't know what happened and what other calls Winnipeg was getting, right? But um, it's possible that they had to make that a conditional pick to, to win this trade, to make the deal happen. Um, again, we we don't know that, but uh, it's certainly um, – it's it's out there. I mean, look, it's, it's tough to lose Morgan Barron as well. I think we all liked him and thought that he could have played a role on this team, but I feel like the Rangers just – Given the opportunity this year, the cap space, uh, but also the makeup of the bottom six, which was very inexperienced and until today, essentially littered with tweeners, right? AHL tweeners, guy, guys who are actually pro- properly AHLers, i.e. Greg McKegg and Johnny Brzezinski. Um, you know, <laughs> I think the idea was go out and get bona fide professionals for those slots. And, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. Morgan Barron ends up being a casualty. But I haven't seen much out there, at least on, on Twitter, that people are too upset about losing him in this deal. I don't know if you guys have seen different or, or, or have heard di- or have heard
3: different. I, th- I thought it was going to be Zach Jones, and I was sad. Like, I was yeah. actively sad. Yeah. So you, it's kind of – I don't know.
1: you got to give jury credit. I mean, cop is Barron's ceiling. And when you have an opportunity to trade for a known quantity, for a team that needs a known quantity – or known entity. You do it. And but Listen, I like Barron. It's clear the Rangers like Barron. They fought hard to get him over from Cornell. But, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, well, what are they going to do with him? They're not going to play him now. They're not going to play him next year. So, yeah. I, I also read that as they might try to <laughs> re-sign Cop.
0: Yes, I think that that's pretty, uh, I think that's possible as well. And I think they're looking at him as a potential Strom replacement, right? Because he does play center and wing. Um, he he's kind of again it, it can play up and down the lineup. Uh, where do we think he slots in the lineup, though? Speaking of, you know, tomorrow night's game against New Jersey, presumably Cop, mott Braun will all be in town. Um, they don't; they're all American. Again, another Chris Jury mark of uh, mark of Chris Drury <laughs> loving his, his USA hockey players.
1: Also, uh, one they, syllable last
0: names. Cop, Mott. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mott, Braun, and then they got Vetrano to make up for it with
1: three. So, um,
0: yeah, but his first name
1: is Frank, so I'm going to go with that.
0: Yeah, but he goes with Frankie. He goes by Frankie. Oh, um, come on, give me something here. As he does, as he should. Um, no, so where do we think Cop ends up in the line? I, mean, I think it's pretty clear that um, Mott will be, you know, in the uh, will be in the in the bottom six, um, almost, or on the on the fourth line, I should say. But this cop's kind of an open question. What do you guys think? Where would you put him to start?
1: I, Don't everybody speak at once. yeah, <laughs> I, uh, no, because oh, it's tough because you're assuming full healthy lineup, right?
0: Well, I'm saying for tomorrow night, let's just start with oh, tomorrow, tomorrow night. night? K- Kako and Rooney are still out. Yeah, no, there's a lot to sort through with Kako and Rooney. I mean, we can maybe do this, um, on the, you know, during this, uh, during this, uh, you know, show, I guess. Or, you know, maybe we could have folks tweet us what they think the lineup's going to be when the Rangers are fully healthy. I think that might be a fun thing to do. Maybe we can read some of those out, but, um,
1: yeah, don't forget to
0: tweet at uh, live from the or blue
1: seats, live the question. So we know who's asking. So yeah, we can, I think people know, can actually also
3: listen. request to, to speak. I want, do we want to, do you want to go? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that.
1: I kind of yeah. want to take, I want to punt that question to them. So it, to everybody listening so that I can steal some of your ideas.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we've got, we've got 84 people listening, which is awesome. Uh, thank you all for joining us here on a Monday night in the aftermath of the Rangers trade deadline. Uh, bonanza i guess we are sort of filling in some space right i mean there is no msg show and i i (laughs) I don't even did they show chris jury's press conference i don't even know if they actually showed it they Um, did not shocker no no. right so there was no stream you know on a quite a momentous day for this franchise you know it'd be nice if there was some sort of coverage but that's what we're here for right so um yeah i'm not a thousand percent oh there's a request
3: okay yeah Nick.
0: Great. So Nick, Brooklyn Joker 90. So Nick uh, hosts a podcast as well. The um, 30 on Broadway Talking Blue Shirts podcast. Uh, Becky, you were a guest on that show,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: which uh, which I listened to and was a lot of fun. So I think he's going to come on. Nick's going to come on the actual pod, but we are going to invite him to the stage here. So let's see. I'm going to add you as a speaker, Nick, and you should be able to go. All right, Nick, go ahead.
1: Heck, you there? I
4: am. Yeah, it took it took my phone a second there to like uh, to connect. I was like, "Oh God, what the hell's going on?" I hate that. Like that little radio silence. It gets to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're a perfectionist, as as most of us in the podcast game are. How how you doing, Nick? Welcome to uh, live from the blue seats on Twitter Spaces.
4: Oh, thank you, guys. I, I I'm very excited. Um, I I'm in a great mood personally. This was, I I, I got what I asked for. Well, I got one out of three, but still, it was the one that I wanted the most out of everybody. So, I'm very happy. Like, I I did not think – going off of Drury's first offseason, I was very pessimistic looking towards the deadline. Because I I just (laughs) – his Butch trade did not inspire confidence, uh, you know, in me and I don't think in anybody else. But he looked at what the team needed, and he thoroughly addressed their needs – and unlike, you know, look at what Calgary gave up and, and Florida and some of these other teams, he didn't go crazy and lose his head and mortgage the future for a quick fix. So for me, that inspires a lot of confidence, not just, you know, in the short term, but in the long term, too. I, I think he actually showed he, he understands his team's makeup and and can plan accordingly. So I, I, I am very happy today.
0: Nick. Uh, this is something that, that kind of has been bounced around obviously quite a bit on, on Twitter and among various group chats. If you had to give a kind of letter grade to Drury at, uh, at this deadline and how he did, where, where's that falling for you?
4: I, I've been toying with this for a couple hours now and I'm landing A minus B plus in, in, right. in, in that neighborhood. I think right now I'm going to stick with a B plus. If by some chance he extends Andrew Cop. Moving forward, it becomes an A minus because just looking at one of the best players on the market, stuck to his guns, technically didn't give up a first. If you know we we don't make the conference final, so I mean, and, and which you, we will, which you know, hopefully <laughs> from your lips to God's ears, you know, like I, I'm I'm right there, like, but like holds on to Nils Lundqvist, holds on to crafts off, you know. Doesn't get rid of Matthew Robertson, who I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are high on, too. I, I just look at that. that That's a huge win because you get a guy like, we, like we've like we all said. like he's, he's a guy you can play on your second line. If you want to put him with Panarin and Strom, he can play on the wing. Or you can use him to stabilize your bottom six and your second power play unit. And he can play some penalty kill time, too. I mean, I don't know how you look at that deal and think anything less than that's a tremendous win.
3: Yep.
0: Yeah, Andrew. I mean, I'm in. I'm in full agreement with you there, uh, Nick. So, kind of to that point, what we were just talking about before you jumped on, you know, where where are you slotting Cop in uh, in this lineup tomorrow? So let's again, Kakos uh, out, Rooney's out. Let's assume it's it's the team that played on Carolina um, and got you know pretty well thoroughly manhandled by Carolina, but still got the win, which was which was nice. Big ups to Alex Georgiev who will be sticking around, obviously, until the end of the season. And it sounds like the team has come to a mutual understanding with him that that this is the deal, right? He's going to be the backup. I'm sure he's going to play a ton down the stretch now that he's kind of put his game back together. But back to Cop, where are you putting him in the lineup? Because I've been thinking about this, and I really don't know. I, I don't know where I'd put him right now.
4: I think tomorrow night you start him third-line center. You put Heedle on the wing. And I wouldn't be opposed to putting Tyler Mott on the opposite wing. Play Goodrow yeah. on the fourth mm-hmm. line with Reeves and most likely McKeg and see what you got there.
3: <laughs> like, why? Like, why? Why? I know, the I, know, hell, I, know, man. I know. He's doing it for Lou, to be honest. <laughs> I,
4: I do not like Greg McKegg. I don't. I I will be the first one to admit how much I don't like him. But in, in this case, without Kako and Rooney, I think that's the lineup you roll with for the time being. And then when you get fully healthy, I would love um, Lafreniere is the back pick rider, Panarin, Strom, Kako, please, God, please put Kako back with Panarin and Strom, please. Mm-hmm. And then you go Goodrow, Cop, and Heedle on the third line, and you can roll with Mott, and Reeves on the fourth
0: line. Yeah. And then that, Hunt can cycle in for Reeves if you know if, if maybe the matchup calls for it if or whatever, right? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, was the Toronto know.
1: part of that? Oh, oh yeah, God, Victoria, I, I missed miss Frank. Oh my God, I did we're, miss Frank. yeah. For so
4: so Frank actually, Frankie would be on the third line in Goodrow's spot. Goodrow would bounce down to the fourth line, and then that's the ideal
2: down.
1: lineup having Goodrow on the fourth line. Yeah,
4: right. And yes. then you yeah. bounce out Reeves, and Reeves would be the matchup. Depending on where you want to go from night to night in the playoffs,
1: and I do love right. yeah. me some Ryan Reeves, but it, it's clear he's gassed right now, so he needs yeah. a little bit of a break.
3: He's yeah. old. Listen, us old people. He's younger
1: than he's younger than me, Becky. So fuck off.
3: Well, okay. let's <laughs> well, my curse on the on the Twitter spaces? Yeah, yeah. Happening. We don't know the ages here. Let's we can't happy. we can't mark this as uh as explicit. when I saw... so let's, let's assume the kids are listening. When I saw the
0: sorry, team, you
3: know, Bron is like two weeks younger than me, and I felt triggered. I was like, "Why are they getting an old person?" <laughs> like, talk yeah. about self-realization there. I really so, like yeah. the
4: Braun pickup.
3: That's imp- it's good. It was really good. I was really surprised, and he's doing exceptionally well on a terrible team.
4: Uh, and that was the other thing. Like when I saw his metrics today, and I'm not really one that goes by charts. But I do look at them from time to time just to see, you know, if they match what my eyes are telling me. And I was like, wow, he's playing that well defensively on that poor of a defensive team. So mm-hmm. that inspires some hope just because if they choose, and this is what I would like, you put him on the left side, you keep Schneider on the right side, and you let him help bring Schneider along outside of Nemeth. Like, you like keep Patrick Nemeth away from Raiden Schneider.
0: As
3: long as we can. Yes. 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 Please, Lord, please. Yeah, I I
0: do think that just knowing what we know about NHL coaches and this is how they operate, there's a very good chance you'll see Nemeth and Braun both playing, you know, especially in playoff games. I think people should just prepare themselves for that. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think Nemeth is definitely the weak link. Him and Schneider have had a couple of tough games now Uh, the last two were were probably, you know, look, I mean Braden Schneider's he's gonna go through some ups and downs. He's a he's a he's a rookie. Uh he hadn't even taken a minor penalty until I think until that Tampa game, um, which is nuts. Uh but look, you just don't I do not expect if the Rangers were to go on a playoff run and, you know, God willing, reach the Stanley Cup final and they play twenty some odd playoff games, there's no way he's playing every single game. And that's just I think we can just Know that now, so that we're not upset by it when the uh, practice lines come out the day before a playoff game. Um, but I'm not anyways, even expecting
1: Schneider to play tomorrow. So. I don't think
0: he. Yeah, I think he may get scratched tomorrow too. I think they might try to get a look at, at Braun and Nemeth as a pair against You know, a, a decent offensive team, but a, a team that's completely out of the race in New Jersey. Um, Nick, anything else? So I do want to. We can leave you on here, but I do want to obviously throw out obviously to everybody who's listening. If you want to request to speak, you can do that we will bring you up, obviously, unlike Dave, keep it clean, uh, you know, and, and we can kind of just chat with you, a la the WFAN call-in style show. If you'd prefer to submit a question or some sort of contribution, do that through Twitter. So tweet it to the um, the podcast account, which is at Blue Seats Live, but also if you can tag Dave at Blue Seed Blogs, tag Becky at bhabs37. Don't tag me because I'm, I'm hosting this whole thing, so I'm. I can't don't, see don't it. Attack me. Yeah, don't. So, don't can we you. just go into one it. of the comments that came
1: through on on Twitter? Because I'm looking at this, and Russell's Russell's was really looking forward to the Jets taking cop, you sorry, taking Hayek in the cop trade, so that I could talk about the great shrooms they had in Winnipeg. A callback to one of the other things, and then we had this random account. I have no idea what this is. Telling us where to get the best shrooms in Winnipeg.
3: Oh, yeah, that was fantastic. (laughs) That was fantastic. I mean, that has to be a bot, right?
1: It has to be. Uh, That's gotta be, but Jennifer High Puffs 420, if you know you're from Vegas with three followers, you're 100% a (laughs) bot.
3: That's
1: (laughs) unfortunate. But I I saw that and I almost burst out laughing in the middle of this. So, yeah, that, that, that was a highlight for me right there. Fantastic. Anyway, we, we got, let's get off the shrews. We got four people who want to talk.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to go first to uh, our own Blue Seat Blogs colleague, and he has pinched it on the pod twice with, with great success. Uh, it's been awesome having him on. going to bring Russ Hartman in. Uh, Russ, I think if you can unmute your mic, you can, uh, you can go ahead and speak. Welcome to Live from the Blue Seats on Twitter Spaces.
5: What's up, guys? How's everyone doing? Hey, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'd like to start off with uh, saying sorry to Tyler that Phil Kessel is not currently eating dirty water dogs by Penn Station.
1: <laughs> I was going to yeah. change my profile picture to a hot dog. That that happened, <laughs> but,
5: like... um, I mean, I love the vibes today. Everyone's feeling good about what Drury did. Total 180 from how a lot of people felt over the summer. I mean, I- I w- I'm so happy they got Cop. I was worried they were going to get shut out of one of the big three, but they got them. And I really, I'm, I'm really excited. They got like a bunch of 16 game guys, don't you guys think?
0: Yes.
1: Uh, Drew did a good job with addressing the holes on the roster, but I do want to bring it back to uh, what Nick was saying before. He created a lot of these holes in the offseason based off what he did. So he did a fantastic job. I don't want to take that away from him, but this was him falling gracefully. And landing on his feet, and figuring
0: it out. You know, I think when we evaluate GMs, we always try to balance out like good, bad, and different. And I think with, you know, with Gorton, if you think about his tenure, we sort of landed on like 60, 40 good, right? Or like, you know, I don't know if you, if you have a middle ground in there, it's like, he was like 40% good and he was like 30% okay. And 30% bad or, you know, stuff like that. Um, I think Drury basically evened out his ledger today is, is what you can say. He had a pretty rough offseason, uh, particularly revolving around the Buchnevich trade. And I think he he redeemed himself with this trade deadline. Um, so he's back at, at even sort of a, a, at an even ledger. And I think now, you know, his next big step is the offseason, which we're not worrying about right now at all. But
5: yeah, well, he Rob to that to, to you saying that. Do you think there is any realistic possibility that Drury thinks about extending cop depending on how this relationship goes for the next few months?
0: So, good question. And what I'll say to that is, I think that another thing that that, – and maybe this is, again, a flawed sort of way of doing business because you're supposed to look at larger samples and a lot more than what happens in the playoffs. But I think the playoffs are huge for guys like him, guys like Strom, any of the young players who are looking forward to their second contracts. I think that look, as much as the Rangers are trying to win a Stanley cup and once they're in, they have as good a chance as anybody else, especially with their top end talent and goaltending. This is, you know, what is supposed to be the first of many, many deep runs at a Stanley cup. And the front office is going to be paying very close attention to who's up for these games. Who's, you know, who's got the right attitude uh, and, and who's playing that playoff style. I mean, look, And again, those things are difficult to quantify and a lot of them might even be, um, you know, BS to a certain extent. But I mean, look, I'm thinking about the most recent experience the Rangers had in, in, you know, quote unquote playoffs or elimination games against Carolina in the bubble. And you could just tell they were nowhere near the level needed uh, to compete either from a talent perspective, but also just a um, I'll use the word like a grit perspective. It just wasn't there. They were getting thrown around the rink by Carolina. I mean, Jesper Foss got hit on the first shift of that series, and it was over. That was, and and that just shows you how um, how quickly uh, or, or how far away they were at the time. I think they're obviously a, a lot closer now, um, but it remains to be seen how these guys perform. But I think that's a good question for sure, Russ.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think the, like you're saying, the playoffs are really going to be the measuring stick this year. Which guys are truly buying in and? being that kind of teammate you need for those, you know, really hard stretches that are coming up. And I really think Drury, you know, Andrew Kopp is rightfully so getting the most attention out of the moves today, but the Tyler Mott move is awesome, man. From all accounts, like, I, uh, you know, judging from how Vancouver fans are feeling on Twitter and reading the reaction from it is the Rangers got a really, really good player here. And it seems like it was kind of like a fleece a little bit, depending from what people are saying and what he's going to bring to this team.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm
0: I'm I'm over the moon with the Mott edition, and and um, you know there was so much talk about JT Miller and Connor Garland and maybe even Brock Besser, but um, Mott definitely fills fills a need for sure. Um, cool. We do have one other uh, speaker request here, so I'm gonna now bring in. This is Gia. Gonna welcome Gia into the live from the blue seats uh, Twitter Spaces. How you doing?
6: Hello. Um, doing well. Hey, how, how's it going? Uh pretty well. Just uh I, I wanted to share my thoughts on uh on Cop right now. Um I, th- I thought it was a fantastic edition by uh by Drury for for sure. But um I think, you know, with the next few games being honestly experimental between the, the devils and the sabres coming up, uh, I think Gallant has a chance to uh to play around a little bit. Obviously we're gonna see Braun uh probably in that bottom pairing with Namath, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see cop uh play that second line uh and maybe not in strom's place, but certainly uh that second line right wing uh even though obviously we sure. like the Toronto there but uh I think there's a lot of things that they could do to to just you know throw it ever at the wall see what sticks with with this team because we we have the talent we have the the depth now finally where we don't have to play tweeners and uh it'll it'll definitely be
2: interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I, that was my thought as well, Becky. I, I see you unmuted. If you want to, if you want to go first.
3: Well, I was gonna say I like love that we don't have to play in betweeners anymore. I was like, I, like I love like Johnny Brodzinski, and I love seeing his little daughter at the games, and like it's always like, and he's good, but it's like you're not, it's not what you need, you know? It's not. Mm-hmm. You're like an okay replacement player right I love the war even though I'm really not that good at understanding baseball like advanced metrics and like <laughs> war is not even advanced at this point but like I understand it but I don't understand it but when I look at that like Brzezinski is like if, if he's if you're relying on him it's not good like you're not in good shape yeah. so I love that point that you made like it's not the tweeners anymore we really have we have the depth that Everyone was really upset that we lost, and I think that's a great point. Just a really yeah. good point.
1: Yep, and it, that's probably the most important part of this deadline. It's not necessarily the players themselves as much as I love Kopp and I love Mott. It's putting space between an injury and seeing a Greg McKegg in the lineup or
3: a Hayek you're in the gonna lineup. You're still going to see Greg McKegg in the lineup, and you're, like, if, but if I see Hayek in the lineup, I'm going to, like, throw something
2: at a
1: wall.
0: No, I don't extent, know. <laughs> high okay. McKeg though, I agree. McKegg, you're
1: M- gonna see. McKegg, you're gonna see because there are two guys injured right now. When fully healthy. You're, even when fully healthy before, McKeg was maybe a fifty fifty player. Now he's probably maybe a ten percent player. And it's important to put space between these tweeners, these career AHL guys, these fourth li- these barely fourth liners or fifth line players and having actual NHL talent that can fill out a third line and score and be a reliable fourth line shutdown line, which is what it looks like Gallant wants. And yeah. it gives them the flexibility to do that.
0: Yeah, and back to Gio's point about Cop on the second line, I think that's where he starts too. And, and I think you know what the, what that enables them to do, again, you just think about it in terms of depth pushes Frank Petrano to the third line. All of a sudden, Hedl has a shoot first winger and a guy who scored 24 goals in the NHL before to pass to. And you probably have Good- Goodrow there for, for defense and four check. I mean that line uh, the last two games, uh, the Goodrow, Hedl hunt line, especially in the Tampa game was really impressive. They just, they got it going. The four check was, was really, really strong from, from that, from that group. And Hedl, uh, looks like a guy who is starting to figure it out now in, in his role. Look, I think there's probably more skill there. I know a lot of people are, have dreams of him being the 2C and not having to re-sign Strom, not having to re-sign Cop, or not having to go spend the premium assets on a 2C. On a, on a but, um, you know, they've asked him to play a physical, uh, you know, get offense when you can, but otherwise just try and be in the offensive zone and forecheck type of role. And he started to play that that really well. Now again, you add Vitrano's scoring touch on that line, and he hustles, and he can, and he's the fastest guy on the line. Now um, that looks like a pretty potent third line to me. And then you, again, you see where it, where it, where it all shakes out when when Kako gets back. Obviously, Rooney's going to be a, a fourth liner for sure. But I, I, I think you see Cop on that second line as well. So I, I agree with uh, with Gia on that one. Anything else you wanted to touch on, Gia?
6: I think it's really important on on the the heel note that I mean I'm 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 not a charts girl, but um I know we, we've seen over the season uh, charts come up about like Heatel's line mates and how having uh, Brodzinski on, on a line with Heatel is much different than a Vetrano. And mm-hmm. I, I think part of what Gallant is, is doing here when he said, you know, I want you to play like Mika Zibanejad is... Uh, Heedle can have those nights where he's certainly, you know, driving that line forward. You, I mean, you saw with the Tampa game with Goudreau and Hunt uh, that when he has wingers that can support him, they can have a fantastic game and have a, an actual, you know, third line they can depend on. And, you know, having the depths now to put Vitrano on a second line or, or a third line or, you know, mix things around, I think it's going to be important to, to see how that affects Heedle because I think he'll finally have a chance in the, you know, latter half of the season to. You know, show some talent. Show what he, what he's been able to do uh, as part of this team. Where previously, you know, it's been <laughs> fighting for a winger with you know Brett Howden or Johnny Brodzinski, and it's it's no longer the tweeners having to r- receive those Hedele passes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You no, know, and I thought that line turned around the Tampa game. Their first two or three shifts in that game were bad, and that was the top six that was out there. And the Hedele line had a great shift about five minutes into the game, and, and got two great scoring chances. And from there, the Rangers. Kind of dominated. So thanks, Gia. I want to bring in uh, a friend of ours. He is actually uh, a podcast alumnus. Uh, it, when this podcast was in its original form, it was the Blue Seat Blogs Cast. Some of you might remember. Uh, and he produced and hosted, and uh, has since turned it over to to, to us uh, and moved on to some to some other things outside of the hockey realm. But he's back. Uh, he is a Blue Seat denizen for sure. This is Patrick. Keo, uh, and we are very happy to bring you into the show, Pat. Cool.
7: Hi. Howdy. Great to be here. Um, this is actually a super cool thing that I didn't realize because I was uh, on my computer and I saw it. Um, okay, so this is half joking, maybe a little bit more than half dumb. Um, like, the best way I can phrase it is vibe check, but I actually mean that... <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, this is tremendous bad energy
7: I ac- oh no God. no I actually mean that in the sense of like okay so um, Carolina picks up Max Domi some people not super happy about it in terms of like his addition to the locker room mix right so like you know the Rangers obviously have a pretty like tight knit group at this point they all seem to get along there's uh nobody is getting bopped in the tunnel after the game uh, and then waved instead of the other guy right like that's not happening anymore we're not we're not doing that shit anymore they have a ton of comeback wins um you know like the older guys are taking some of the up-and-comers under their wing you know like how do we uh think about these moves and i mean like this is ridiculous mostly because i i'm mostly worried about the honest thing but you know these guys are uh They're my absolute boys, you know what I'm saying? So,
2: um,
7: yeah, like what's... Oh, that matters. No, yeah, no, I think that stuff does matter. So what do we make of that?
1: Well, aside from the jerks per 60 going up significantly in Carolina, uh, this was the goal Drury had, and it was about the locker room. It was about creating roles for players and everybody having a clear understanding of what they were doing for this team. And with that, you create fewer on-ice issues about playing time. You can't avoid what happened with Georgiev. That's just the nature of Shisterkin playing out of his mind. And Mm -hmm. aside from that, there are no underlying issues with who's playing where and when. The message from the coach keeps everybody sane. And the vibe check with the guys they added in, Cop is a great friend of Truba's. Mott is just an overall good guy. From what we've been hearing, Braun is another strong locker room presence. Petrano already seems like he fits, and he was friends with somebody
0: on the team already. I'm drawing. He's friends with
1: Truba. Uh, Truba, too? Is Truba Truba friends with everybody?
0: Yeah, he's like the hockey mayor. I don't, you know, yeah. He also (laughs) played. He said he played in the U.S. program with Fox, and I think uh, a Kreider at, at one of the World Championships. He room he was a roommate with Fox, so yeah, I know Vetrano seamlessly fitting right in. Um, yeah,
1: so he, Troop is basically uh, Mayor McCheese at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing you, you mentioned, Galant, uh, if you will. Oh, right. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, well I, I said, uh, Keeping the message. That's simple. how I think it's
1: it's said.
7: Just to be clear,
0: yeah,
7: I think that's how you say it.
0: Gallant so weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, but him, the, the idea of him keeping the message simple and also he has done this several times um, this year, not overreacting to losses and understanding the circumstance. And I can imagine the contrast of, you can use any name uh, from the previous three or four Ranger coaches, but after a game like last night against Carolina, what sort of mood might John Tortorella been, have been in or David Quinn been in or, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Elaine Vigneault didn't ever really seem like he cared all that much, which was a separate issue all, all on its own. But um, the way Gallant was just kind of like, look, we played less than 24 hours ago. We had nothing in the tank. I would have liked to have played better, but our goalie played great and we move on. Um, he's done such a good job managing those moments throughout the season. And Steve Valiquette has said constantly on the postgame uh, that how much that resonates with players. How much that means to, to, that your coach doesn't get up there after a bad game and throw the whole team under the bus? Um, don't 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 confuse it. He picks his spots, and I'm sure he's harder on the guys behind the scenes uh, when he needs to be than we know about. But Golan is sort of facilitating, like you said, those good vibes to take over and for the the locker room to become self sufficient too. I mean, it's now a very mature locker room with a lot of natural leaders in it, and it certainly is, uh, you know, uh, a team that. Um, you know, has the right makeup. Now the question becomes talent. You know, does the top of the roster, um, you know, do what it needs to do? And is it is it well enough supported by the bottom of the roster? Uh, and then there's always Igor anyway. So um, I think we have a question. Becky said, uh, I think you, you were saying that somebody sent one in uh, via yeah. Twitter. Or, or, so, yeah, yeah let's, so read, let's read that and then we'll get more it's speakers.
3: It's Igor Shosturkin, but instead of an Igor, it's a W. And I'm not cool enough to understand if that, there's a different pronunciation there. So... Keep me young. Um, he asked, or they ask, would Drury be able to pull off a Mark Shifley trade during the offseason if they let Strom walk? And this is a great question. And Dave has been kind of rattling about Shifley, I want to say, in the group chat today. So I'm going to hand it over.
1: So in theory, yes. Because they still have all these assets. They weren't going to make a big splash at the deadline. There's just too much cap to move around to get a Shifley right now to see what Winnipeg's going to do. Winnipeg as they were adding as they were trading players for holes, they were adding other players, which is kind of an odd approach. But yeah. I'm looking at their cap space for next year. Assuming a flat cap, they actually freed up some decent amount of cap space. They have now fifteen point four million in cap space left. They gotta resign Dubois, they gotta resign um, actually, that's it now. It's just Dubois, so, and Appleton, but that's not that here or there. I still think Shifley is a good player to target if they don't resign Cop. I think Cop is their target now. I just Winnipeg doesn't strike me as a team that's going to gut it and rebuild. They strike me as a team that's going to try to retool on the fly. Right.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, good question there. Um, we've got another speaker request and this is Mark Panzer is going to join us here on live from the blue seats on
2: Twitter spaces. Mark. How hey, how is everybody? Thanks for having me on. Good. Uh, yeah. So just real quick. I, I also, I just want to echo, I think uh, Nick's grade. I think uh, a minus was uh, where I was leaning. Um, although I was waiting to uh, give that grade out. And for some reason the uh, the cop return took 90 minutes um I don't think it, I don't think it was their fault it was stuck in the queue um they certainly... I want I want to blame
1: the hockey insiders on that one is
2: that allowed I mean you know what it was it, yes it's a tough I'll, I'll allow it and also um what was worse about it is in typical ranger fashion it, it was like uh like drip water torture like we were getting like a piece of information every like whatever like uh it's not Lundqvist but it is a defenseman so now you're like oh crap is it Jones is it Robertson it's picks and a pro. you know so like here we are, and then they're like, "Oh, by the way, it's Baron." So, um, you know, it it, it it's right. not just like, "Who, by the way, is yeah, not a it pitch?" Like, don't just <laughs> don't just let us linger, you know, twist in the wind. But let's give some misinformation every twenty minutes, just so it can be a little more exciting. Um, so, but long story short, I I like Baron. I I wanted to give him more of a chance, but you know, at this point, like you said, if there's no if there's no room for him, and uh, that kind of segues to my last question. You guys alluded to it, but um. Who do you think when, when assuming, you know, let's hope Kako and Rooney come back, uh, do you think when the playoffs come it'll be a matchup thing? Because if you just look at it, if, I, if you just throw out names, if you, you know, Kreider, Mika, laugh, Panarin, Strom, Kako, let's say, right? Then I'm not putting any thought into this, but let's just say Goudreau, Kopp, Heedle, Mott, Rooney, Reeves, right? When, me just saying that leaves out Patrano and Hunt, uh, who I assume is maybe the, I mean, I didn't even mention McKaig as we half joked about, and then today is just a forgotten man. So, do you think? Uh, do, do you think that re- like is re- is it going to be some sort of switch out? Like, oh, we're playing Pittsburgh. Let's put X Y Z in, and now we're playing. You know, uh, hopefully, we're playing someone else. in here we'll put So, what do you guys think? It's a hypothetical, but probably a, a hypothetical coming up pretty quickly.
3: I honestly can't believe we all forgot about Goodyear.
2: <laughs> yeah, and no offense to, like, no offense to him. Sorry.
3: No, but I I like, if you asked me even yesterday and you reminded me that he existed, I would have been like, oh, he's definitely gone <laughs> yes. tomorrow. And yeah. that shows you why I'm not a GM. <laughs> yeah. One of the many reasons. <laughs> but, yeah, but
0: I mean, it's a, it's a great point. I mean, the Rangers are now, you know, 14, 15 deep at forward. I mean, teams usually will carry 14 right on the roster and then there are no roster limits in the playoffs. So they will have a pretty robust uh, essentially taxi squad, if you want to call it that to, to choose from. They have no worries about cap. they do have I, I think you do have worry about um, max roster size during the regular season. So I think there probably are some moves coming with guys getting sent down tomorrow. I think we could probably look for those to hit our hit our Twitter feeds tomorrow. but you know to me, I want and I always use, you know, there's basically two ways you could go with the third line, right? You can go, the Tampa model, which is everybody's favorite model right now, because they've won two cups, right? So rightfully so, which is more of a grind it out, you know, the goals are a bonus, but it's really more about spending 70% of their shifts in the other team's zone. Um, And they were very good at that. And I would love that that if that's what the Rangers third line did. There is the other approach, which is have it be more of a pure scoring line, right? So I could see a scenario where in order to achieve some more balance and have three lines that are a threat to score, you could potentially see one of Kako or Lafreniere end up on that third line. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? And, you know, say you do end up with kind of like a, you know, a Lafreniere, Hedl, um, you know, uh, maybe it's Goudreau, maybe it um, could be Vetrano, right? I mean, then you end up with a, with a kind of a, you know, a big center who can drive play. You have a playmaking winger like Lafreniere, and then you have the finisher in Vetrano. Um, you know, that might be one approach to go with a third line. But I, I do think, you know, to your point, Mark, coaches do look at the matchup a lot more than folks realize. You know, for us, it's fun to just sort of type names onto a sheet, uh, plug names into a, a chart if, it's, if, you're, if that's, you know, your sort of thing and kind of get the most optimized version. But in reality, you know, Gerard Gallant's going to worry about the other team. He's going to worry about, you know, who am I putting on the ice if it's a home game and I have a last change, who am I putting on the ice against Crosby? Who am I putting on the ice against Malkin? Are they, are they playing together in this game? Um, you know, who are we going to attack? Right. And how are we going to attack that, that pair? I mean, I think there's so much more that tactically goes into managing a hockey game and setting your team up from su- for success. than like people realize where it's just like, Oh, just put, you know, put the best players on the ice for the most amount of time. And like, you should win. Like, trust me, that's not a novel approach. That's pretty much what everybody's trying to do anyway. Um, so it really does. The devil ends up being in the details. So, um, you know, long story short, I think mean, that's the reason the cop edition makes so much sense is because if things are going well with Lafreniere on the top line, great, you know, everything's going swimmingly. The kids adjusted great to his first NHL playoff series. More than likely, he's going to have a couple of rough stretches and the Rangers are going to be maybe in a 1-1 series or they might be down 2-1 or, you know, I'm sure we're all getting very nervous thinking about this. Um, and you can very easily say, you know what? We've got Andrew Cobb. He's a t- he can play in your top six. He's got some scoring pedigree and he's, he's an experienced guy that can play multiple positions. Let's move him up the lineup. Let's try and protect laugh, protect taco a little bit, et cetera. So, um, that's the beauty of these acquisitions is the flexibility it gives the Rangers. Um, so sorry, yeah, that was we... a long way of, of going about it.
3: Yeah, we've got some more questions coming in, which that's is really exciting. Do um...
0: it. Yeah, let's do it.
3: So Jess, I don't know why you don't want to speak. Um, but Jessica Lynn three twelve asks, "Is there anyone else you wish they would have treated for today?" And then she says, "Not named Alex Debrinka," which I think is kind of rude, but that's just me. <laughs>
0: uh, well, the the big ones, obviously, Ricardo Raquel, just because of his, he was the ended up being the best scorer available. Um. Other than that, I, I don't know. I can't really – it's it's so hard to say because, you know, guys weren't available um, or if they were available, the asking price was too high. So, I mean, I'm falling in, and I think, you know, to wrap the show up, we're going to kind of do our grades between myself, Becky, and Dave. So I don't want to totally spoil mine. But let me just say that I'm, I'm going to end up giving a pretty high grade to this deadline, and, and so it's pretty hard for me to sit here and say I really wanted somebody. But I don't know about you guys, Dave or Becky.
3: I'm trying to think. I wanted to bring its twin, Alex to bring it <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean I was like I have like high. I'm I'm like a shit sir. I don't know if I could say that, but like I like big stuff happening, and I always feel like when it was the other way, like I was a big haglin fan, and like I feel like when they traded Carl haglin away, it was for like peanuts, and it always feels like and this may, this is not validated. This is just a feeling, right? Like it always feels like we trade. we have these like huge trades, and like we're giving up a bunch and we're getting like not a lot back. And I, I kind of like, I wanted to get like a big name, but like when Jerome mm-hmm. was like F the Rangers, which was kind of rude. And honestly, I hope he does poorly in Florida. Um <laughs> Like I was like, Oh, I don't know. Cause I, I always, I wanted Brock Besser or whatever. like, okay, great. But then someone, I think Valley said it yesterday on, during the game, and it was like, oh, my God, like, we're manifesting. But, you know, I will say I'm glad they didn't get Patrick Kane for kind of the reasons that we discussed earlier. Um, I want to bring it still, and I think someone needs to rescue him from that cesspool. But, um, you know, no, not right. I, 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 I'll hold my grade for whatever afterwards. But, Dave, sorry, I'd probably cut you off.
1: No, you didn't. Um, I was just looking at the Blackhawks and who was likely available. And you know, when they got Justin Braun, I was a little bit disappointed because I wanted the Han. But they're really the same players, the Han's lefty and Braun's a So I'm fine with that. Um, instead of it's tough to answer that because we don't know who is available, but I want to go with the Debrinket thing and add something to it. And that if that, so if something like that does happen, be it for a center with Shifley or for a Debrinket, I hope we're all prepared for Capo Paco to go the other way.
0: Yeah.
3: But I don't think yeah, he's I long for a Ranger ran, uniform. I ran an informal poll and it got like a decent amount of response, it got like 800 something responses, um, which I think is decent. And it still blows my mind that people respond to these things that I throw out there. But, um, uh, it's you could get to bring it, it costs you one of caco or Lafrenier. What do you do? Right? 850 votes, so 52.2 percent of the respondents, which like is. 400, what, 440, 450. Like, it's a decent amount of people are saying not to trade. They wouldn't trade either of them for Debrinket. And this blows my mind for so many reasons. Like, okay, I know. And like, if you ask me, I'd say we trade Kako for him. Okay. But like, in a heartbeat,
1: in a heartbeat. But like,
3: Kako's ceiling is what Debrinket has proven he can do. And Debrinket's young. So like, I just, People being a fan, like you get emotional and you get attached. And I think that when Rangers traded literally all of my favorites, and there goes my voice again. Um, I think I was like, "F it! Like I'm just gonna, whatever. Not get emotional. Easy to say, right? Watch they like trade Mika or something, and I go into a hole under my couch for three weeks. But um, it was interesting to me to see that, like that many people said, "Don't trade either." Forty three point eight percent said Trey Kako and only four percent said Trey Lafreniere. So it's just interesting to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, go for it. I'm sorry. No,
3: I was just
0: say. I I mean, people definitely overrate their own players. That that's well known. But I just wanted to piggyback off what you said, Dave. That that if the Rangers do add a big name, you know, uh, whether it's Patrick Kane or um, you know Shifley or 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 some other you know thing that materializes, Tyler Sagan, you know you're thinking in those, in ter- in those terms. Um, Kako is the guy to go. And I, and I just, I've had this feeling for the last few weeks that, that it, it, he just might not be here that long. Um, and, and, and it's not anything against the kid. I, I actually really like him. I think he's going to be a really good, good, good NHL player, but just with the injuries and the stop start and the stop start, you know, with Lafreniere, you could see a little bit more of a consistent progression to his game and he he's also found a way to like pop in a bunch of goals at five on five which uh in his first two years which this team has, has struggled to do and with kako yeah i mean look the defensive metrics are there and the play driving metrics are there but the actual finish uh no pun intended oh my god i, did, I can't believe i did that you just you uh, did that you did that. oh my god uh it hasn't been there and and there are some weird rumors that like panarin and strome really didn't like playing for him playing with him excuse me that They might've quietly or, or hopefully politely asked him, you know, Galant to put somebody else on the, on their line. So uh, who knows if any of that is true. Again, we, the vibes seem to be pretty immaculate with this team. They, they, they lead the world in in vibes for 60, but um, there just feels like something's off around him. This is totally like spidey senses. It has nothing to do with anything I know or heard. I, I, I have no line into anybody who knows anything. So it's just my own intuition here, but, um if they were to go big game hunting which the rangers are want to do it would definitely be kako going the other way i think
3: all right we got we have one more question and i know tyler you've got your hand up just hang on one more minute um our igor shesterkin with all the w's friend asked one more question um thoughts on Merkley? haven't heard his name a lot but my guess is it was to replace Barron slash injuries in the playoffs what are your thoughts uh, that I was
1: just... That like that. No, that was... Um, they had too many defensemen in Hartford, and they needed a forward.
0: Yeah. I that, right that's yeah, yeah
1: that's all that was. There's also that's one more from Bill to Spill. Becky, by the way, I'll copy you in on it. Oh,
0: my God. I can't wait. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, that. The, the, the potato
1: trade, uh, I like potato. That goal was amazing. But oh yeah, God, that's God, just an that AHL kind of deal. Fun. Yeah, that's an AHL deal. I don't think we'll see Merkley. Merkley is... A former first-round pick that never panned out. I'm, I'm sure we're all familiar with that as Ranger I don't see a question. so Dave,
3: you I... want to read it?
1: Okay, I'll read it. Um, yeah, you read it. So from Bill to Spill, not so much a question, but I'm loving that this deadline was a pretty huge endorsement of Laughing and Cocko in the top six. I know the price was high for Raquel, Giroux, et cetera, but if they were even a little bit concerned over the kids, they would have paid, in his humble opinion
0: yeah i i actually think that that's spot on and that was one of the things that um so my dad actually wrote an email to to myself and a bunch of our family friends that we talk about the team a lot he's not really happy with the deadline i think he wanted a bigger name uh you know a, a well-known bona fide 30 goal scorer um and i kind of said look you know they they, they depth of the roster is much better now they're they're a much better team than than they are than they were yesterday for sure and i think again this whole off the whole off season whether you want to agree with the approach or not was about opening up the time and slots for lafreniere and kako and that remains true so that's a really good good call by uh by bill to spill or whatever his uh his actual name is i don't think we know yet um i don't know if you guys have any thoughts as well I just think yeah. it's
1: funny that question came in right as we were talking about how Kako may not be long for the Rangers.
3: <laughs> right.
0: Well, yeah, I could be totally wrong about that.
3: All right. It looks like uh, Tyler's requesting to come in. So.
0: Yeah, Tyler. I'm gonna we're gonna invite Tyler McGillick, our Blue Seat Blogs colleague, writer of great game recaps. Uh, welcome to the live from the Blue Seats Twitter. Yeah. Tyler, I am good. Doing?
1: I am good, guys. How about you? <laughs> good good no so no i just wanted to kind of
0: piggyback off of I, I forget who was saying it earlier so i my apologies but just wanted to piggyback off the the uh kind of the off
1: offseason stuff like i i do agree that he he is probably your best chip along with like lundquist and like next year's first round pick for a big acquisition in the summer and i do agree that um, I think they should definitely go center, like two C for for the splash. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mean, that was me talking, right? Was that yeah, me? I think
0: so. I think so, Dave. But yeah, go ahead if you want to pick it up from there. Yeah. Yeah, even if
1: not, no. I mean, that's the, Tyler the nail on the head. If you're going to make a big splash for that center, and you may need to if COP doesn't pan out. You know, Kako is the chip. And it, 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 if you're going to get a bona fide center who's young, with term, cost-controlled, who is a, at the very least, a 50 to 60-point scorer, you got to give up somebody, and it'll be Kako, and it will probably
0: also be Heedle. to be fair.
7: Yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree with that for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's a little strange, because like, like you said, you know, we're talking about those guys playing potentially very big roles in, in the playoffs, and then, you know, who knows. Um, but, and they've also, don't, you know, the, the whole problem this year has been wing depth, too. So, you know, Kako's a right wing, but uh, look, he hasn't played. He's been out, he's going to end up missing two to three months this season. Plus, he had another uh, separate injury earlier in the year. So that makes it really challenging. It, it becomes difficult, you know, and I think you couldn't fault the Rangers and Chris Drury, if they're sitting in, you know, a meeting after the season and trying to project out their team and say, can we really depend on 82 games from capo Kako? Because he hasn't done it yet. And, you know, look, injuries are, are often bad luck, um, you know, and and, and and I don't think you should necessarily hold them against the player, but you have to be realistic when you plan that stuff. I mean, he's like a, you know, you look at a baseball player, you know, I'm a, you know, a Yankee fan as I know you are Tyler And, you know, you end up looking at a guy like Josh Donaldson. It's like, great, yeah, this could work when he plays. And if you look at his career, he's only had six full seasons out of the 11 seasons he's been in the big league. So it's the same thing with hockey, right? You're now looking at a guy like Capocacco. Obviously, pandemic shortened first year, but then he had a pretty serious injury in year two. He has had a pretty serious injury here in year three. And you're looking at a guy who has not played anywhere near 100% or even 80% of the games the team has played. And, you know, the saying in football is, like, keep – pinging sport to sport here is you know the the best ability is availability sometimes and if you can't depend on him then maybe he becomes somebody you look to move um i think it's it would be harsh but that's also the, the business we're in right so um all right thanks for that tyler i think we do want to start you know wrapping it up we've been going for a little bit more than an hour this has been a lot of fun um it's been great to hear from some of our listeners, either as speakers or through uh, through the, the the tweets, I think we'll definitely look to do this again. Maybe we'll do them um, playoff games, or you know, we'll we'll figure something out. But this has been a this has been really great. So before we go, I did want to go to Dave and Becky for your trade deadline final grades and why. Uh, Dave, I'll start with you.
1: I can't believe these words are about to come out of my mouth. Uh, I am giving Drury an A for this wow. deadline. Um, he had multiple holes to fix. They, the Rangers needed at least two forwards and a defenseman. He got three forwards and a defenseman. He put space between the tweeners and a fully healthy Rangers lineup. He gave the Rangers an insurance policy on the blue line, and he didn't give up anything significant to get there. So from a pure trade deadline perspective, he did everything we could have asked for, and then some, and I have to give credit where credit is due, even if I still don't necessarily like what the overall plan is. You got to give credit where credit's due. So he gets an A for the deadline from me.
0: Okay. And one more question then off the back of that, and I'll, I'll definitely ask Becky the same one. Do you feel better about this team going into the playoffs and about their chances of advancing, say to a conference final, uh, because I know from you know, and if our our listeners will will know that you've basically been saying all year, this team is probably not getting out of the first round as currently constituted. Do you feel like they have more staying power now after the deadline?
1: Two things: matchup dependent, and we haven't seen how these guys play. So on paper, assuming, assuming they don't get Carolina in the first round, yes, I think they, I think they can completely demolish Washington at this point. I think that's a five game series. It's It's probably going to be Pittsburgh, I think. uh, They'll lose a game or two to Pittsburgh, but I don't think that goes seven. I think the Rangers still win in five or six. I think they will crush Washington. I don't know how I feel about Carolina. Um, I really don't. I'm hoping Max Domi blows them up
0: from the inside. (laughs) Reasonable hope. All right, Becky, what's your final grade, and and does this deadline make them more of a Stanley Cup contender, and and how far do you think they could go?
3: I think it's depth and I think depth is a good thing. So, um, you know, I, look, I like went balls out a couple weeks ago and said they can win the Stanley cup because why not? And I actually believe that because I think that any team can win like right any given Sunday. Right. Um, there are teams who were trash in the past and they've come back and won. Honestly, I'm not that impressed by Tampa. Uh, like I really wasn't impressed by Tampa the other night mm. or this season. Um, I agree, like, Carolina makes me feel vaguely ill, but, like, I don't necessarily think that they've got stronger during the deadline, so I I don't – I don't know. I mean, uh, I think Raquel in Pittsburgh is interesting, and we'll see what happens. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think depth makes you better, makes you stronger, as long as there's not, like, internal, like, horrible struggles or whatever – um, then I think it's a good thing. I think that I'm gonna give Drury like a B B like an 86 like still mm. a B but a high B but not a B plus of our score No that's good um, because I wanted effing to break it so that's all I'm gonna say about that. Not that I'm wanting to harp on stuff but I'm harping. Um, I will say th- I do feel better though I feel I feel better about what's going to be and I'm really excited to watch the game tomorrow and I also um, feel like the last two wins give them one like a lot of swagger and two you know it's like the magic number thing now they could play around they don't have to be so serious when they're playing the games like it's you'd have to be like 2007 Mets level to not make it right now so hopefully they play loose and they just have, have it have a good I don't know I've been saying good vibes all the time but playing loose is definitely better than playing like you're going to die tomorrow and have a huge stick up your ass. So that's that. Yeah. Take.
0: I'm thinking, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would give it a B. I'm giving it a B plus. I was going to go the B plus slash a minus thing. I will, I will step back just to a B plus because yeah, I think it's a fair criticism to say five on five scoring has been an issue all year. And, and, and that wasn't really addressed at least with a pure scorer. There are guys who can score. And I mean, you know, you look, you put cop with, say you put cop with Panarin and Strom, that's the best right winger they've had all year. You know, uh, Capo Caco maybe has an argument, but you know, they've tried Dryden Hunt, Barkley Goodrow, whoever else, Ryan Reeves, Reeves at the game. Um, And so look, they've certainly upgraded. And I think like Dave said, they, they address the needs strategically and in such a way that they didn't give up a lot in order to do it. Um, so I think it's a solid B plus. And like I said earlier, I think now what, what Drury's done is he's evened out his ledger, his ledger. Did he make some mistakes in the off season? Yes, probably. Even though the team is much better this year than it has been in years past. Um, now he's sort of made up for that. So he's kind of on even footing, you know, he's kind of got a, you know, one good, uh, one good trade deadline balancing one bad off season. Um, and that's all we have to worry about right now, because it's certainly not the time to be thinking about next off season. Um, in terms of where this puts the Rangers as contenders, I mean, I, I still think you have to be realistic about them versus Carolina and that, and that matchup now. Does having Kopp and Mott in the lineup, and Kako, by the way, um, prevent Carolina from getting 95 shot attempts or whatever the hell they got last night? I think it does. Uh, I think I think actually having Justin Braun in the lineup instead of Patrick Nemeth and or Braden Schneider helps as well. Those guys really struggled with Carolina's attack uh, last night, but I have a hard time unless it truly is the Igor show. And I mean that in the most extreme way possible. I do have a hard time seeing the Rangers beating that team. I just hate the matchup. That's the one team that scares me. I think everybody else, I couldn't agree with you more Becky about Tampa. They look right for the picking. It also seems like a good matchup for the Rangers, just the way they're built. I'm not scared at all of Washington or Pittsburgh in the Metro um florida still is tbd even though they look like a, a juggernaut um boston uh you know is not really anything to worry about in the leafs of the leafs until further notice so um look i think it's it's a, it's a great field of teams in the eastern conference all those teams did get better at this trade deadline and uh, you know i think i speak for us all when i say we can't wait for the playoffs to start but we've got 19 more regular season games to get to We've got podcasts every week on the Live from the Blue Seats uh, feed, so please check that out. Please follow this account. I saw a bunch of people followed um, as well. Thank you to Mark, Tyler, Nick, Gia, Pat. Uh, I hope I didn't leave everybody, anybody. Oh, Russ, uh, thanks to all of our, our speakers, our callers, if you will. Um, and we will look to do this again really soon. But Thanks, everybody, for tuning in for the first ever Live from the Blue Seats Twitter space, and have a great day.